Those so are Facebook, the Facebook really came at my jugular with the whole Jeremy China thing. Like, <laughs> like, like the people on Facebook did. <laughs> yeah, they they were all commenting China like with Trump stuff, and I was like, God damn it, that's great, <laughs> you motherfuckers! Like now is the time where clever Facebook crowd comes out, not the like let's trade Cam Newton and start Derek Anderson crowd. Now it's the clever ones, you fucking asshole. <laughs> you, you type you type China one time for a player's name, and all of a sudden Facebook turns into a funny place instead of a bad yes, place. That's great though. All just China. China. <laughs> China. <laughs> That's cool. Welcome to the NFL Draft Day 3 edition of the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined always by Brad and John. Brad, how are you doing on this, uh, I guess, afternoon at this point? I'm tired. Same. Very much same. (laughs) John, how are you? Uh, Did you guys see who just got drafted? Cole McDonald? Yeah. I did not see that. He looks like he'd be a character. Who drafted him? I don't know. If I leave my PS4 on, you the just Titans. hear a bunch of. If I okay, leave my, there we go. I was just gonna say, if you leave my P, if I leave my PS4 on so I can watch the draft, you'll just hear a bunch of whirring in the background. So I don't do that. Oh, Cole yeah. McDonald is the Hawaiian version of Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> like he really is. Like you will either get a 500 yard, six touchdown game, or you'll wonder why he's even playing college football or or playing quarterback. And, and both he's of those so, things can happen in the same game. And he's just so Hawaiian. He's just a white he, dude with blonde dreadlocks. Like that's, he's a white dude with blonde dreadlocks, and he has the tattoo of the state of Hawaii on his arm. I literally pictured Josh Allen with blonde dreadlocks and just a bunch of Hawaiian attire. <laughs> that's who he is. That's, that's, <laughs> that's him. That's him to a T. But yeah, to answer your question, I'm good. I'm kind of, I'm kind of sad the Panthers are done. I know. I was actually enjoying this draft. I really hope they... The first round, yeah, keep the 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 stadium atmosphere, have the players come out and shake Roger Goodell's hand, get a jersey, whatever. But this whole virtual thing has been great. It's yeah, gone faster. It's I did notice that the first couple rounds were super fast. Yeah. Which is good. I don't know why it would have gone faster, like what teams are doing normally that makes it take longer. But I did like the faster pace. And Roger Goodell did say he did like an interview with Trey Wingo uh, earlier today, and he said that they they're going to try to take stuff from this draft because they've learned some things that they yeah. think can improve the experience in future I years. I think that day three, at the very least, is going to be done like this from now on. Yeah, I just I, I mean, don't know I, how it works logistically because yeah, I mean, I can understand the, I can understand the first three rounds being the way they've always been, but there is no need for the seventh round to to be the way it's been in the past versus the way it is right now. Maybe not like everybody's at their house, but just like ESPN and NFL network have a studio show and they just tell who the picks are. Yeah. You know, there's no reason to, to keep going live to the stage for the guy that's picked 231st in the draft. Yeah, with some random person to announce the pick. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason to do that. Right. I don't disagree. I think that's uh that's something they should look at. We'll see if they do. <laughs> um He's also yeah. done a good job of making Roger Goodell more likable. Yeah. I felt sorry for Roger Goodell last night. He looked like <laughs> he was about to pass out. Yeah, between having to read all the picks and he's doing interviews, and you know he's like FaceTiming every prospect that gets picked to do yeah. like the you know the, the virtual hug. And he's and totally so, like, never awake at that time of day either because yeah. he was like <laughs> almost asleep on his chair. Yeah, that was fun. 
So speaking of prospects, the Panthers made some selections today. Oh, I forgot we were actually recording. I thought we were still <laughs> doing the <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, we are in the show. Wow. We are, okay. <laughs> we are live, my friend. And by live, I mean we're being recorded for our audience tomorrow, which is totally not live. But it's um, later today, too. Actually, later today, Brian. Uh, you know, I'm giving John some, some margin for error here. <laughs> well, I'm glad you are. Yeah. This is totally your call. Yes, yeah. 100%. Um, so the Panthers, for the first time in their history, went all defense in this draft. It's, okay, let me give you a slight correction. It's not just the Panthers. Uh, this is the first time in modern NFL history that anyone has done this. Well, really? shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, this – well, let me rephrase that. According to David Newton. This okay, the, so take this with a grain of salt. Take this with a grain of salt. <laughs> But, I almost choked on my drink. <laughs> too, big of a gra- too big of a grain of salt, Brian. Yeah, don't don't drink the whole shaker, Brian. Yeah. Um, but let's see. It's the first time it's been done on defense. Okay, so teams have done all offense, but nobody's ever the done all defense. The 1985 Browns did it on offense with um, – they went eight and eight. I don't know if that's any in indication of what we're going to do, but oh shit! Given the last two years, I'll take eight and eight. I mean, you that's know, <laughs> I think eight and eight with all new coaching staff and schemes and players would would be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, an entertaining eight and eight season rather than like a season where we start off winning and then just like everything goes to shit would be much better. But yeah, according to David Newton, the Panthers made NFL modern day draft history by selecting all seven players on defense. No team has ever done that before. Well, so I I mean I have we'll get cool. to him later, but there's another thing they did to make NFL history, I think, from my uneducated opinion or guess. Uh the Panthers drafted a professional football player. That has to be first, right? I think it is, yes. They did. They did. Do we want to talk about him first, or we want to wait no. until we'll go, we'll go order? I just well, wanted we, to uh, lump okay. that in with I was the history. Say we could go ahead and do it since you already segued. But... No, I just wanted to, to lump him in with the, the making history. Okay, the first all yeah. defense draft and the first team to ever draft an already professional football player. Yeah, we'll circle back. Yeah, we'll circle back to that. Put a pin in that one. So, okay. in the fourth round, the Panthers selected cornerback Troy Pride Jr. with the number 113 overall pick. And all I have to say is that dude is fast. Yes. Big fast. He ran a four four forty and he was a track star at Notre Dame. And that's 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 about all I know about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um kind of same here, but I mean like from a schematical perspective, it means you have two really athletic corners on the outside. Um if they throw him to the wolves week one, instead of signing somebody like, I don't know, Ross Cockrell off the streets to like stabilize the corner position. They we should, should have some sign problems. Ross Cockrell, but they should also throw pride out to the wolves. They should do both. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I think... depth. I mean, we need yeah. veteran leadership. So bring Cockrell in as, as depth and leadership mm-hmm. and just put pride out there and see what he can do. Yeah, I, and I do like the idea of if he does pan out having just like the fastest pair of cornerbacks in the NFL. Because even yeah, I'm excited. Covers a lot him of, and Dante Jackson. Speed covers a lot of errors. There, like there's going to be plays where they probably both get burnt like toast because they over pursue something, but then they'll have enough speed to make up for it, so it doesn't look as bad. By the way, NFL, I got a notification from my NFL app that says. The same thing David Newton said. Panthers are the first team in the common era to have at least seven picks in a single draft and use them all on defense. Okay, cool. Confirmed. So I'm sure a team has done it before, but they only had like three picks. Yeah, probably. You know, they traded all their their picks and and took a couple of – just a couple of picks on defensive players. Yeah. Anyway, but yes. So to look at Troy Pride's current – place on the roster i mean as it stands you know he's probably going to be starting unless they sign somebody like that's just it is what it is as far as the corners go we all we all knew this going into the the draft that if the panthers didn't make a significant investment in the cornerback position they were going to have somebody who was either a late round pick or some random scrub on their roster starting so 
at the moment, he's the incumbent starter. So let's uh round of applause for, for Troy Pride. He's already a starter in the NFL. And I'm sure it's a source of great pride for him. Yes. <laughs> ah, nice. Nice. Um, so we'll have more on him as we get to know him better. This is kind of our snap reactions to the draft. So let's move on to the next pick. Um, Kenny Robinson Jr., number 152, Panthers' fifth-round pick. And as John alluded to earlier, he actually played professional football prior to being drafted by the Panthers in the XFL. Yes. And I'm sure you're wondering how we were able to draft a player who's already been in professional football in the XFL, and we didn't just sign him as a free agent. And the reason is because he still had college eligibility. He went to the XFL because he was expelled from West Virginia for academic dishonesty. And instead of transferring, he had entered the transfer portal, which I don't know why the NCAA calls it the transfer portal. Um, Sounds but cool. he had entered the transfer portal and was going to transfer to another school, but then he decided to go for the XFL instead. Well, and he was drafted from the XFL. So he so, could have he could have went back to college, but he has been three years removed from high school, so he was eligible for the NFL draft. There is a reason for that, by the way. Um, I don't know if you guys read his article on uh, what is it the the Players Tribune. But I haven't actually, read it yet. I I have it bookmarked to read. So his mom had colon cancer, and she was, I guess, the primary income built bringer for the household. So that was why he made the decision to go to the XFL instead, was he wanted to get a paycheck for his family, which I can I can totally respect, respect that. And I'm I'm surprised ESPN didn't mention that. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that he mentions in that story is that the reason why he was expelled was because he was going to, I think it was a funeral for a, like a close friend. And there was a test due that day. So he tried to have a friend of his do it for him while he went to the funeral, which was stupid. Yes, Don't get he, me wrong. He, he admitted, I've, I've seen enough of um, tweets and stuff about it that he admitted he'd made a mistake and he owned it. Yeah. But. And that's, that's the best thing you can really do. And honestly, like, there's a lot of players who make it to the NFL, <coughs> Tyreek Hill, who do much worse things. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like he stole a laptop. I mean, people make mistakes, so I can people I can do forgive make mistakes. Yes, I can forgive something like that because nobody was hurt. It was a victimless crime, and he was 19 years old. I mean, you know, and what else can you say? At the time, he was still dealing with his mom having health issues as well. So it wasn't like his his mental, I guess, frame of mind was in the best place. So I'm willing to just give the guy a clean slate and let him go. And the Panthers got him. He he apparently was really good in the XFL when he played he was. there. So. He was. And he's... He has an advantage over other fifth round picks because yes, the XFL isn't the NFL, but it's it's a higher quality than college. Ex higher especially speed. the Big 12. So he <laughs> he has a little bit of an advantage there because he's 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 played a, a slightly higher level of competition than other fifth round picks have. So and it's a style of play that's it, more like yeah, the NFL. I, than I the really am excited to see him play. He's very fast. He's a ball hawk safety, and he can make plays. So if if they can get him a position on the field, I think he could end up being the steal of this draft class. At the very least, he does seem to be what you'd expect to be somebody to be more ready than you'd than most fifth round picks. Yeah, yeah, he's got to have a, he's going to have a less jarring. Uh, adjustments at the NFL speed because he had to move up to a a slightly better speed than college. So and I mean honestly the XFL is basically players who aren't on an NFL roster. That's what mm -hmm. the XFL was. So yeah. And then you he had two picks in the five games he played there, so he produced there too. Which assuming I'm assuming he would have had to be the youngest player in the league. I think he was. Because he only played two years in college before he went there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I guess. pretty close. Or yeah, either way, maybe three. But either way, he's he's he kind of eased himself up to the NFL by playing from college and then XFL, and now he'll be in the NFL. And based on that 
Players Tribune article he wrote, he is motivated as fuck to make it to make it in the NFL. So I I I read the entire article and I was like, this dude is ready. Like not not necessarily to be like a starter in the NFL or anything like that, but he has at least a mindset going into the NFL where he's gonna try his best to excel. And that's what you want out of a fifth round pick. You want a guy who is gonna work his ass off to be good. Yeah, he's ready for it to be in the NFL. Like yes. whether he's talented enough to start or play consistently is another question, but he's ready to mentally handle the NFL. Yeah, and the last time the Panthers drafted a corner who was like that was Josh Norman. So it can work out. It can work out real well. So on to the next pick. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Bravion so, Bois. Yep. <laughs> so we got in the sixth round, we got the first Baylor pick of this NFL draft in Bravian Roy or Bravian Roy, or I don't know how you pronounce it, but he is I think a we settle on Bravion Roy. Bravion Roy. Okay. Well, he is a nose tackle, a big boy played for Matt rule at Baylor. So obviously there's a bit of familiarity there, which is obviously an edge for Matt rule in the late rounds of the draft. As we discussed yesterday. I can't um, believe he took a Baylor player. My God. Yeah. What a <laughs> nepotism. It's Ron Rivera all so over disgusted. again. So, yeah, they have a a big boy who is really excited to play alongside Derek Brown. And they kind of needed that, like, just a space eater. And even if that's all he does for Carolina, if he if he makes it and that's he works on a rotational basis as just a – big dude to plug the to plug the middle of the offensive line. I mean, that's a win with the sixth round pick. Brad, what are your what are your thoughts on this pick? I like it. Um I mean we needed a a new defensive line. We we needed a new nose tackle because we lost Dontari Poe and Kyle Love. And that's what Bravion Roy is. So I mean, I don't know if he's that great. Uh, He's a sixth-round pick, probably for a reason. If Matt Rule didn't draft him earlier, considering he knows him more than anybody else, you know, there are concerns, some concerns there possibly, but for a sixth-round pick, it's essentially throwing a dart at a dartboard anyway, so I can't really complain. I'm, I'm glad that he focused on an area of weakness, and I'm glad he did take someone that he has some familiarity with. So I like it. My uh, analogy that I use for it is like when you're playing fantasy football and you're doing a fantasy football draft and say you're a Panthers fan and you're singularly focused on building the best team you can all draft. And then you get to the end and you realize you have no Panthers players. So in the like 14th and 15th and 16th round, you pick like Ian Thomas, uh, Reggie Bonifon and Joey Sly back to back to back. Yeah. (laughs) Just so you're like, all right, I got my guys now. I got my favorite players now that I got the good players out of the way. Hey, it worked out for me in the past. I picked Ted Ginn the year that he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so. I think I think a lot of people do that. Like I always take some flyer on a Panther player, a Panthers player late if I uh, if I don't get one early. But I I'll like the that, I like the pick. I like the pick though uh, to agree with agree with bad. Like I don't think he's going to be asked to do. Like he's got a pretty singular role, and it's just to be big and get in the way. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure he'll, he has a pretty good shot to make the team, especially given how the, the dearth of competition around him at that position. I saw on Twitter, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Joe person, but don't quote me on that, that he's blocked kicks at Baylor. Mm-hmm. So that could be one thing that rule is thinking here is that they can just stick him out there at nose tackle on kicks. If nothing else. The big thing for me with a nose tackle, especially a late round guy, is <clears throat> you draft him to just make shit difficult for an offense. As my old high school coach would say, you you put him on the line of scrimmage and you just want him to be fat. And yeah, and he is. He's 6'1 and 333 pounds. Exactly. That guy is going to be a boulder to move. So yeah, <clears throat> I don't expect him to be like the next uh, Kyle Love or Colin Cole right away, but you know, you put him out there on like in like the fourth quarter when a team's trying to run the ball out. You put him out there; he's going to be difficult to move if he's, you know, fresh. So there's value there, and obviously Carolina doesn't have a lot of those guys, and 
Derek Brown's probably the closest thing they have to like a, a space eating nose tackle. And even then he's more of an athlete than that. So I, I don't have a problem with the pick. It's somebody that Matt rule knows better than probably everybody, every other head coach that was in this draft. So you either trust Matt rule or you don't. That's really where, that's really where I'm mm-hmm. at with the pick. Yeah. And it's, and it's a sixth round pick. So yeah, it, it's, it's a 184th pick <clears throat> in the draft. Right. So it's not like you expect him to be Haloti Nada. I mean, some people probably expect that, but you shouldn't. We, we, he'll definitely get cut after like two years, and we'll see people be like, oh, that was a bust. It's like, yeah. He's a six-round pick. <laughs> told you we shouldn't have drafted, and we should have drafted that corner out of whatever college that's also not in the league. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. People forget that like the, the, the odds of these things. Like we talk about it a lot, the Tyler Gaffney thing where people are all worked up about it. It's, like it's a six round running back. There was like a 0.1% chance he's ever going to amount to anything. Yeah. I do like Bravion Roy for what he tweeted. He said he's looking forward to causing some trouble for some people with Derek Brown. <laughs> like that has me ready to watch football. Cause some trouble. I mean, those are two big boys to try and block. So if he turns out to be an NFL caliber talent, that's a, uh... It's a problem for an offensive line, usually. I tell you who's probably the happiest person in the building is is Brian Burns. Uh, I counted that with Kwan Short because he was tweeting about it yesterday. Well, yeah, that's true. But Brian Burns right. is probably going to get, I would say, at least five more sacks than he would have now because we we added some bodies. And if, if Luke Keekley wouldn't have retired, he would have probably broken the NFL record for tackles. <laughs> yeah. Just put a bunch of big boys up front and let them make tackles. Um, I think Brian, again, we, we touched on this point the last two days when it came to other defensive line talent, but they keep, inv- they kept investing in their defensive line. And all that does is make Brian Burns job easier. Cause he's going to face a lot less double teams when you have big boys and, imposing presences on the defensive line because that means they can't just focus on him. It also gives him or gives quarterbacks fewer or less space to escape into. Yes. I think because that was our big problem last year was even if we got pressure on the edge and this has been a problem we've had in the past too, where we'd get pressure from the edge and quarterbacks would just walk forward five yards and have nobody there. Yeah. Yep. Good old Ron Rivera defense right there. And it also should be said, we are entering a time in the NFC South where the Panthers are going to have a young, athletic, fast, ball hawk defense when the other three teams are going to be starting to have to find a quarterback. Because Tom Brady's got two years on his deal with the Bucs, and he's 43 years old. Drew Brees can't play forever, and Matt Ryan also can't play forever. We're, I think, going to see in the next two years the division's going to flip and we're going to be back in control of it. And I think we're going to thank this draft for it because I believe, especially somebody like Drew Brees, when he gets up in the pocket and sees Derek Brown and possibly Bravion Roy coming at him, he's going to be like, you know, I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah, I think once I think once Derek Brown gets a good hit on Brady or Breeze, they're gonna be like, oh, maybe maybe I should just retire after this year. Because <laughs> that that I I've seen that dude hit some quarterbacks, and that doesn't look pleasant. Yeah, at all. <laughs> um, but the Panthers had one last draft pick. It was quarterback Stantley Thomas Oliver, and I know it the might third. be pronounced Stanley, but. I'm pronouncing it Stantley because it's it's spelled wrong. And <laughs> he was a cornerback at FIU, former wide receiver who switched to corners. So this is basically just one of those picks where you're like, eh, we'll hey, see what he can do. Yeah, might work out, might not. Yep. And uh, I don't really know. Which a whole is exactly lot what you should do in the seventh round. Yes. If you're mad about the Panthers picking a guy like this in the seventh round, then you need to stop mock drafting. Because you take it too seriously if you're mad. Yes, because there are so many former seventh round picks for the Panthers who didn't even make the 53 man roster. So let's just relax. I um, like that he he switched from wide receiver to cornerback 
in his sophomore year. Yeah. So he played what three years of cornerback. Because uh, I'm assuming he came out of his senior year. I don't think he would have come out as a junior. Um, but he switched his sophomore year, and then his junior year he made all conference as a corner. So I think that shows that he's a, a talented player that he can that quickly play that a new position at a high level. Um, and most of his issues, like from what I've read, I can't. I'm, I'm not. I haven't watched a bunch of. I haven't watched them yet. But are like are IQ related, like mis misreading routes or being slow to react to things, <clears throat> or um, tackling issues, things that you would expect to be the last things to come to a player that's playing a new position. The athletic traits are are there. Yeah, exactly. The, the this fits the profile of what Matt Rule has been doing with this NFL draft. Is aside from maybe Derek Brown, if you really want to get into the whole combine thing. Um, but it fits the profile of what he's been doing in that he's been drafting really highly athletic players. So this is a guy who has some things that can be coached up. Uh, you could, he's one of the, it's just one of those situations where it's like, there's enough good things on tape and you see the athleticism behind him where you're like, well, fuck it. Let's take a shot and see if we can make him into an NFL player. Like, yeah, I think, I think rule is going to, is going to test out his, what he said is I want to take athletic people and cause I can coach them into playing. So I, I think he's just going to see if he can actually do it. Yep. And why not try that with a seventh round pick? Exactly. I mean, his, his best case, the best case scenario you get out of a seventh rounder is that it's captain Munerlin. Yep. Yeah. You know, a guy that starts in the NFL for what? Eight years. You know, that's about all you can expect out of a seventh round pick. There's one thing I forgot to mention with uh, Bravion Roy. You guys reminded me of when you're talking about Matt Rule's philosophy. Um, he is kind of the Matt Rule story. Because he, uh, his junior year at Baylor, he had 34, ta- or I'll do sophomore and junior year. Sophomore and junior year, he had less than 35 tackles, exactly three tackles for a loss each year, and a total of two sacks. And then his senior year at Baylor, he had 61 tackles, 13 tackles for a loss, and five and a half sacks. So he doubled, tripled his production and just for his senior season, which is kind of the Matt Rule thing about coaching players up and getting the most out of guys. So I could see where that appeal comes from, from Rule 2. Yeah. Matt Rule is an RPG coach, role, role-playing game coach. He just levels them up over time. I'm okay with it. I mean, I think that's what everybody's goal is. Yeah, I mean, the thing I I said this in our Slack chat earlier while we were covering the draft, or maybe I DM'd it to Walker. I don't remember now. It's all running together. I'm really (laughs) tired. Um, But even if this doesn't work out, at least we will fail differently than we failed in the past. Yeah, that was was in our general conversation. I remember you saying that. Because – you know, there's no guarantee that we're going to be successful. We might flame out. We might win two games this year, three games next year, and then Matt Rule gets fired. I mean, anything can happen. But if we're going to fail, I would like to fail by trying something new rather than the Ron Rivera, let's just keep throwing the square peg at the round hole because eventually, damn it, it will go in. Yeah, and there's also the entertainment factor of watching a new, like, like watching a team crash and burn in a new way. Yeah. As opposed to the same, having the same problems become a recurring issue with decision making and roster management. And yeah, if like, we're going like to, if we're going to go five and 11, I would at least like to do it differently. Yeah. Go five and 11 playing like spread football and having, you know, players just miss assignments and stuff. As opposed to going five and eleven, smashing your head against a brick wall, trying to run McCaffrey on fourth and out of jumbo formations at the goal line, and playing yeah. your first round defensive end as a gunner on special teams when he was rookie of the month his first uh, four games. Yeah, we we've done that enough. So yeah, fail with young guys, relegating young guys to backup spots, and then failing with old guys. No one wants to watch that. Agreed. So now that the draft is over, um, 
Brian, what grade would you give the entire class? Uh, probably, I mean, probably like an A minus, honestly. Um, I mean, every, every pick is justified because <laughs> the Panthers defense sucked last year. So, you know, there's no, there, and there really wasn't any place where you could say, oh, they don't need to add anybody there. So I, I see a place for everybody they added, at least even, even like their last guy, like he can still be a depth corner that you develop. So for me, it's like a minus, I'm not going to give it an A or an A plus just because I mean, well, it's not just that, but like there's, we're banking on our third round pick being good where he may not be. So that's, that's kind of where my a minus would comes from is that like the picks beyond picks one and two, you're still kind of projecting them out at this point. Yeah, but that goes for pretty much any right. draft, draft class, I would think. Yeah. I would, I guess I'd give it an A. I don't know, like, I don't know how to, like, what reason I could, could give to not give it an A. You know what I mean? I don't know where, because even if, like, the exact player I was hoping for didn't get picked, I can't look at each pick and be like, uh, they shouldn't have picked defensive i mean i have no problem with all that all defense thing and i can't pick any individual player and be like this is why they shouldn't have picked this player they all make sense they're all justifiable picks they all should help the team and i that's exactly what you want yeah i mean that's pretty much why i graded it an a i i can't find any pick where they should have done something drastically different i mean maybe the only one would be at number 38, get a better corner since we lost James Bradbury. And then in the uh, fourth or third or fourth round, get a pass rusher. But even still, I can't really complain about that because we got quality. We got a, an athletic safety. We got an athletic two athletic safeties, an athletic corner with speed. And then we got three defensive linemen, which was our biggest need heading into the draft was defensive linemen. And it's the first draft where I feel like they looked at, at our roster, saw that what we needed and then got it. You know, we didn't pick a running back. We didn't throw away a pick on a running back in the sixth round. That's, pick, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah, I think we didn't pick an obscure guard from a directional technical college in the third or fourth round. We didn't punt uh, the the last round on on something stupid. You know, and the one time we probably should have drafted a linebacker is the one draft where we didn't, <laughs> which was odd. But I really can't complain too much. So I was looking at the Panthers draft history and I think you could find one pick that like inarguably was like, why did they do that? Uh, last year, a lot of people would say Will Greer. I didn't have a problem with the Will Greer pick at the time. Uh, picking Jordan Scarlett, Scarlett, the running back, and then give playing McCaffrey literally 99% of the snaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. The year before, we <laughs> we drafted uh, Rashawn Golden, a Horrible athlete, athlete that we expected. The worst <laughs> athlete that has ever been graded at the combine we drafted in the third round. And expected him to be this like jack of all trades, like safety nickel, like what we drafted Jeremy Chin for, basically. Who's the a super, only who's like thing a 99 that Golden did that was worthy of being drafted was that photo of him flipping off the Alabama fan. <laughs> and then That's that same it. draft, the same draft, we drafted uh, Jermaine Carter and Andre Smith. We drafted linebackers back to back. Um, and that was those were Marty Herney's last two drafts. So we get back to the Gettleman drafts, and even he did like the similar things, like where they're just like throwaway picks. Yeah, David but, yeah. Mayo, Cameron Artis Payne, mm-hmm. Zach Sanchez. Oh, Zach Sanchez. Yeah, the three amigos, as all of them except for James Bradbury sputtered out of the league. <laughs> I think Daryl Worley's still hanging on. He is. Just yeah, not... he was with the Raiders recently. Yeah. yeah. He's still around, but yeah, that was... so. But yeah, there, there's... And I think in hindsight, there might be a player that we look back, especially one of the last couple, that doesn't work out. But 
there isn't. I think in the past there were players that on draft night we were like, why did they do that? That was doesn't make yeah. any sense. And there's nobody that we picked this year that's like that doesn't make any sense. Even though we picked seven defensive players in a row, all of them make sense. Yes. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people people that are upset, I don't think a lot of people realize just how bad our defense was last year. The Panthers could have made the playoffs if their defense was like average. Mediocre, we would have won 10 games. Yeah. Even with Kyle Allen at quarterback. Even with Kyle Allen, if our defense was mediocre, we would we, we would have at least won eight games. We would have at least gone eight and eight. I can confidently say that we lost at least three of our 11 games because our defense was so terrible. Yeah, and then kind of like I alluded to earlier, our defense has been old for a while. Yes. Um, even mean, though we, we had a lot of fan favorites. On Mario and Addison and Julius Peppers mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah, and then like Thomas Davis also, um, Mike Adams, um, Kawan Shorts in his 30s, uh, Colin Cole. Like all these guys are if they're not old, they're very seasoned. Like they've been around it's a long time. Old. Yeah. Um, it's, it'll be different. It'll be exciting to watch a defense that's full of like 25 year olds and younger. I know they're going to make a lot of mistakes, but it'll be a different energy. Yeah. And that tells me that they are prepared to just let this be a developmental year. Mm-hmm. And in 2021, we're going to go for it because we're going to have a young, hungry defense that has a year of experience and a lot of cap space. So, I mean, Agreed. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Bright future ahead. I mean, could be a lot worse off. We've seen it with a lot of rebuilding teams. I think Carolina's in a decent position when it comes to rebuilding. So, And I think our oh. offense is going to be at least decent enough that our, our defense can afford to be mediocre. Did you guys see Matt Rule's interview on the draft coverage? Yes. He, yeah. I, I like that he gave us a plan and the Panthers stick to it, stuck to it, like to the T. I know there there's room to disagree with the plan, but he's like, the plan was we're going to, I think the idea was our offense is pretty close to, to, it's a good offense already. We don't need to make, there's not an urgent need to upgrade the offense. We can patch some holes in free agency on offense, and we will be good. Defense yes. needs an overhaul. We're going to start a defensive overhaul with this draft. And, and as that, he I should. can't I mean, disagree with that. No, I can't disagree with it either. I mean, you know, our offense isn't elite by any means, but we have Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people can hate on him because he replaced Cam Newton, and that's fine. If you are, if you want to be mad and bitter about how they treated Cam, that's completely understandable. Because I'm kind of bitter about how they treated Cam, but Teddy Bridgewater is a decent, too good quarterback. Excuse me, mm-hmm. and um, we have arguably the best running back in the league, Christian McCaffrey. We have the NFL's biggest open secret and Reggie Bonifant at backup running back. Um, we have, we need a tight end. Um, I'm surprised we didn't get one. Although the bears have like 12 of them on their roster. And so we can probably get one there when they cut half of them. In oh, I got so many safeties. So if we happen to play the Bears at some point, we can just cover yeah. all their tight ends with all yeah, our safeties. Yeah, we can run five safeties on five tight ends. Um, Ian Thomas is in a make-or-break year. He's either going to be what we think he is or he's going to flame out. So I'm excited about that potential. We added Robbie Anderson and Farrow Cooper to the wide receiver room. Farrow Cooper is an underrated wide receiver, and he is an excellent kick returner. So he's got dual threat ability there. We also added Keith Kirkwood, who's been in Matt Rule's system. He's also played with the Saints, so he's been under Joe Brady's system. And then we still have DJ Moore, and we didn't trade Curtis Samuel, at least not yet. So, I mean, we've got weapons on offense. We've got players that we can compete and put up 25, 30 points a game. It's just a matter of can we not give up 40 points a game. 
And before today, I would have said there's no way in hell we'll be able to give up less than 40 points a game. Or more, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, but, but I, I, it does make, and I know there's going to be growing pains and stuff, so we do have to temper expectations, but it is a lot easier to see the light, like to see some optimism in this defense. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to win six to seven games. I don't think we're going to have a, a winning record. I don't think we're ready to to go back to the playoffs. I don't think this is a 10-win team yet, but I do think we will be better than we were last year. I think we'll be more competitive. Or at the very least, more exciting. Or at the very least, more exciting. Yeah, we might we might go 3-13, and 13, but I mean, if we do, we'll probably lose 45-38 to 38 every time. And that's a whole lot more fun to watch than 10-7. to 7. I think the 2020 season is kind of hard to be to come out of with a bad reaction. I know that was a yeah. bad sentence, but if the team flames out and loses a bunch of games, that's not outside of the realm of the possibility for what I think a lot of people's expectations are. I think everybody knows that there's a chance that the team doesn't win a lot of games. Um, if that happens, the team's in a position to draft a quarterback of the future. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. If the team does come together and play well, even if they go like seven and nine or something like that, knowing Matt Rule's history and knowing how young a lot of the the team is in important positions on like the skilled positions on offense and pretty much the entire defense now, there's a reason to look forward to 2021 because there's something to build on. And it's something we had a lot of in the early years of Ron Rivera, but we have a new coach, a new staff to return that optimism that this team can build off like a seven or nine season and be good for several years to come after that. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, hey, you never know. Matt Rule could turn Will Greer into the next Tom Brady. I liked, uh, I liked Will Greer as a college player. I mean, he was a very good college player. <clears throat> and, and Matt Rule even said that. He said he was excited that, that Greer was on our roster because he didn't want to have to face him because of how good he was in college. Granted, <laughs> it was in the Big 12, but still. He has talent. He does. A lot of, we don't want to make this a Will Greer show, but there are a lot of advanced things that said Will Greer should have been a lot more highly regarded coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And last year, I think, is a bad place to grade him because he was coming oh, into yeah. the NFL. Coming yeah. into the NFL, and he got thrown into one of the worst situations he could with a horrible yeah. offensive line and all that. So, you know, he's got time to prove himself. He's on a four year contract and even if PJ Walker turns out to be like a decent NFL backup, you know, they probably won't let go of Will Greer regardless. So give it time. We'll see what happens. Brian, are you recording at a racetrack? No, it's, I got a bunch of fucking motorcycles outside my house right now. <laughs> I hate it. It's the worst. Fun. We'll go yeah. out and tell them to stop. <laughs> they might shoot me. We'll go out I and played... tell them to stop. <laughs> All right, you're right. <laughs> Um, well, we got anything else we want to cover here before motorcyclists continue to ruin everything? Well, I did want to talk about UDFAs because that is somewhat important. I think we have a shot at having a very good UDFA class because as far as I've been able to tell so far, Thaddeus Moss hasn't been drafted yet. And he's a phone call from Joe Brady away from being a, a UDFA with us. Yeah, he's still on the board as of this recording. So there if, nobody, are... if nobody drafts him, then I think we'll grab him as a UDFA. And he would be a good tight end to pair with Ian Thomas. Yeah, there are seven picks uh, left in the draft as of this, as of right now. And there's also a couple of players. Um, apparently, the NFL hates Washington. Yes. Because, um, <laughs> like, I have ESPN's best available up, and they're both Washington and, players, and yeah, both are graded them, as, yeah. like, third. <laughs> and they're both, like, third-round graded players on ESPN. Yeah, it took so, forever for their quarterback to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the NFL just hates Washington. But um, we could talk about, the like, the actual pickups probably early next week or, you know, yeah. whatever week goes into this. When we actually um, know who they are. 
Yeah, give it a few days because they they trickle in. They can take a while to all trickle in. And um, yeah, we I was should looking at the like roster a full list by like Monday or so. I looked at the roster and it's hard to find one that's reliable because of the, all the transactions going on. And there's you know P, uh, signings get announced, but they're not official and all that stuff. But it looks like we only have like seventy ish. I counted seven. On... Yeah, I did that earlier. Um, yeah, we can sign twenty UDFAs. Which is, is a lot. Accurate. Normally, Which is a it lot. feels like yeah. it feels like we normally sign like seven or eight. Yeah. Um, now we don't so, have to sign twenty, but we can. We will sign twenty. Like twenty new players will be added to the roster by the time yeah. camp opens up. They have yeah. Twenty <laughs> players have to be added to the roster between now and July, so we can have training camp. So might as well just I w- I would say add like twelve UDFAs. And yeah, like right off the bat right off the bat and then see what's there after that. Like just, just add them. Yeah. Just leave some room for, for, I mean, there's always a lot of roster turning, but like some veterans might get cut, uh, have a bunch of rookie tryouts and stuff like that. And we could also cut, I know they won't do this, but we could get that down one number because we have three kickers currently. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot and we signed of, Elliot Fry. Yeah, one of them, um, Gano, um, should be removed. But yeah, you know, we could easily make room for someone if if we need to. Yeah, so there's still a lot a lot to happen with this roster, which is which is fun, especially when there's no sports on TV or anything. Yeah, um, having the Panthers have a, a roster with all sorts of open spots for them to keep making news. Even if it's minor news, like them signing a 12th tight end or something, at least it's something. Agreed. <clears throat> yeah. And they have they have the room to sign any veterans who are still out there as well, which they probably will need at some places on the yeah. defense. Yeah, I so. think we're going to sign at least one veteran defensive back, probably Ross Cockrell, just to have a veteran in that room. Yeah. They got Trey Boston, though. He's oh, all the veteran you need. That is true. We have Trey Boston. 2019's <clears throat> best defender, Trey yep, Boston. Best, best defender on the 2019 NFL Panthers squad right there. Is there a thing you use to, to make that claim, or is it just your personal opinion? I think PFF actually did say that. <laughs> he might have been graded below Luke Keekley, but other than that, yeah, he was the highest graded I the think highest, he's the highest rated returning player on the team. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely the he was definitely graded as the highest player, highest graded player on the Panthers aside from Luke Keekley last year. I know that much. He does have a good PFF rate. He's better than people give him credit for. He he misses tackles, he but better. so did he every safety. He misses tackles more than he should, but he's not he's not terrible. <clears throat> he's not as every terrible safety as some misses of our lots poor of prestige prestige members on CSR claim he is. I'm not going to name any names <laughs> because of my personal uh, feelings of, of the person who hates him the most because I actually like the guy who hates him so much. But um, I think we should, our, our opinion of Trey should evolve into something other than he's terrible. He's also nice. He's good at pass. He's good at pass First defense. Just not the best. Just not the best in rush de- in rush support. That doesn't make him a bad safety. Yeah. So shame on you for hating on him. He <laughs> will whiff on a tackle in a minute, though. Yes. That is true. But. But he's also a super nice guy, isn't he, John? He is. He's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's yeah. I don't I don't know. I haven't met him personally, but I know of a person who has met him several times, and he's. Super friendly, genuinely a nice person. There you go. Stop hating he on was Trey happy Boston. about the, the picks we made. Yes, he was. I saw him liking stuff all over Twitter. He <laughs> tweeted something like "thieves are back in session" or something like that. I, I mean, I like the fact that current members of the team are excited about what we're doing. Yep. Yeah, especially because they've—it's been quite the uh, the exodus of their friends. Yeah. Um, for the guys that are still on the team. And so it's it's nice to see them. You know, there's some good the morale still high. Yes. Aside from maybe Justin Burris. 
<laughs> his job he's got people coming for his for his neck now well i i imagine he was like he was signed and then they cut eric reed he's like oh i'm a starter and then they then they drafted, <laughs> and they drafted, they drafted five Jeremy defensive Tim. backs he's like well shit maybe i'm not <laughs> yeah maybe i'm not <laughs> i do say the last the last thing i want to say because this is we're getting, before you too far off topic i wonder what it's like especially in the nfl where careers are so short and everybody's kind of seen as replaceable and it's a lot harder to stay in the league if you get released by your mate, your current team. When you're like like the Colts, who had Marlon Mack come off like a, a thousand yard season, and they just draft a, a Jonathan Taylor, who's like arguably the best running back prospect in the class. And so, like, how does Marlon Mack feel? Like, what? Why? What else yeah. am I supposed to do? Yeah. The nature and, of the business. Jonathan yeah. Taylor is going to rush for two thousand yards behind that offensive line. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, you know, and then they did the same thing signing Philip Rivers when they had Jacoby Brissett. And it's like, Jacoby Brissett's like, I thought I was fine. Yeah. So it's it's interesting seeing teams. The Rams drafted a kicker a few picks ago. Like, cool. why would they do that? They got Greg the leg. What the hell? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So like, how does Greg Zerlon feel? He's like, I thought I was the best kicker in the NFL. Why are they Competition breeds excellence, John. <laughs> then why isn't Graham Gano excellent? Yeah, he's got triple we competition. We constantly give him competition. Because <laughs> he's better than his competition. He has survived. He did. He made the team when Harrison Butker didn't, so therefore, hence, therefore, he's a better kicker than... He is a better yeah, kicker than Harrison like. Butker. Exactly. Yes. Much better. <clears throat> well, I think uh, that about covers it, unless there's anything else we want to talk about. Nah, that's it. No, that's pretty much. I'm, I'm, I'm drafted out. <laughs> Gassed out on the draft, huh? Yes. Well, we will have more breakdowns of these guys as we get to know them over the coming weeks. Uh, but enjoy the rest of your weekend now that the draft is over. Well, it's, I should say, almost over. If it'll be ready. over by the time this gets published. It's, it'll be. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it'll be over before, like by the time we even get off the call. Fair enough. Well. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll bring some more content to you next week. We'll have a larger breakdown of the draft class, and we'll have some more episodes off-topic and on-topic for you. So from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brian joined by Brad and John. As always, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you as soon as we can. Wash your hands. See you. Don't touch your face. Later. Bye-bye.